0: Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure, it's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a smartwater alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
1: You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Another weekend, another UFC event going down tomorrow night in Las Vegas. The final event in an absolutely crazy month of August for the promotion. It'll be headlined by a big one at 205 pounds. And with that, we welcome you to the UFC Vegas 8 preview show on MMAFighting.com. I am Mike Hack being joined by the rest of the tripod, if you will, Jose Youngs and Alex Kaylee. Jose, let's begin with you. This main event fight between... Anthony Smith and Alexander Rakic, three rounds, five rounds, doesn't really matter. It's a very fascinating matchup, and the stakes have gotten exponentially higher now that until September 26th, there is no UFC light heavyweight champion. So... In your eyes, how much more interesting does it make this fight at 205 pounds tomorrow night at the Apex now that John Jones no longer holds the title?
2: Well, it's 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 super interesting because not only is John Jones vacated his title, Alexander Gustin is back. He's no longer in the division. There's no threat of Daniel Cormier dropping back down. And getting another title shot out of nowhere so uh it's this fight was already awesome to begin with especially just the fact that i love this fight as a martial arts competition without the stakes of a title or anything like that but two guys that are that are not they were the stakes were basically they're trying to get back in the win column and the the light heavyweight division as dean thomas said on the a side is not the deepest division in the ufc so uh two wins in a row will put you in title contention but now that there is no champion and uh, anthony smith is no longer 0 one against the current champion Alexander Ratchik uh, is, is is off uh, is, is going to try to prove that he is the the future of the division. Then we have Jiro Parhaska coming in. We got Tiago Santos. We'll have to share fighting coming up. So the winner of this isn't going to get a title shot, but they're going to be right there. And it, it's no John Jones at 205 pound division is something that I hadn't we haven't talked about in what almost 10 years. It's so it's, it's I don't know what to say because this is uncharted water after after so long.
1: Okay, let's let's look at Anthony Smith. It's his sixth consecutive main event, and he's about to compete in his 49th professional fight. The trajectory of this man's career over the last 26 months or so has just been unbelievable. Like, I would love to see a 30 for 30 someday on Anthony Smith's career at some point because the story is just incredible to see. You know, from the first time I've ever spoken to him to where he's at now, it's just mind boggling. But he fought his way to a title shot. He lost to John Jones, finishes Alexander Gustafson, and then he gets finished by Glover Teixeira in his last fight in May. And it was one of those fights that was met with a lot of controversy because it wasn't stopped by the referee, it wasn't stopped by his team. But that's the way that Anthony Smith wanted it because that's who he is. Now he takes on a very dangerous guy in Alexander Rakic who has looked really good throughout his career, especially in the UFC. What are you going to be looking for from Anthony Smith tomorrow night as he looks to get back on track and and take that step closer to maybe getting back into that title discussion very soon?
0: you want to see that he has that same aggression, you know that he always he always plans to come out with like he's a, he's a finisher. I mean we talked about a guy with with uh, again he said almost four this will be four, fight number forty nine. Uh, he's finished thirty of his opponents. he's been finished thirteen times. so he's only gone to a decision about about I think I'm looking at four or four or five times and then, uh, so that's pretty crazy. I mean that that's the kind of thing the attitude that he said uh, he regretted, you know, not bringing. Into the john jones fight uh when they fought at ufc 235 that was one of his big regrets after was what what if i had just you know gone gone balls to the wall and and gone all out for the finish and and again i i, I personally am someone who didn't blame him for that i think it's a lot easier to say you're going to do that until you're actually in the cage with someone like john jones and then there's just a million things going on that you know again us on the outside we can't even imagine so i i never blamed him for whatever, being somewhat passive, maybe not putting on the most exciting fight against John Jones. But, I mean, against Gustafsson, he was right back at it. It was a great fight. the uh, DeCherro is very lopsided, unfortunately, not in his favor. So, we do want to see which, like I said, kind of which Anthony Smith is going to come out. That is the question. I do think we're going to see he aggressive. Uh, I think... I don't think he has any fear, uh, really, of anyone, but definitely not of Alexander Rakic. Uh, he's kind of said in interviews this week that he's he didn't really study him or something. Something mm-hmm. to that effect. I, I don't know if he's exaggerating that, but... Um, I'm sure he respects how deadly Rakic is, but the experience level is so different. I think he sees this as a as an up and comer that he is going to, that he's gonna he's gonna be the one again uh, finishing the fight. I don't think he's too worried about getting knocked out, but I mean Rocket is well. I'm sure we'll talk about it more. Rakic is a real talent,
1: for sure, Jose. Because Rakic is... well He had won 12 straight fights. His only loss prior to his most recent appearance was in his professional debut. Gets Mm -hmm. to the UFC, wins his first four fights, finished two straight before the Volkan Ozdemir fight. I believe that was the Busan card in Mm -hmm. December. Loses a split decision, a decision that many people thought Rakic actually won. I was looking at MMA decisions before he got on. All but one media member scored it for Alexander Rakic, and that one media member was our good friend Petey Carroll, who scored it for Volcott Ozebier. But now Rackage gets the opportunity to fight Anthony Smith, another former title challenger. And Rackage is around a minus 300 favorite to win this fight tomorrow night. Kind of like a two part question here. One, do you agree with the odds makers here? And two, what can we expect from a guy who wants to prove that not only can he beat Anthony Smith, but he's one of the very best that this division has to offer, That. Not a lot of people are talking about
2: Well, actually, I even think you left out that the majority of media members scored it for Ratchick, but I think (laughs) there were even like one or two 30-27s in there. So some people even had him winning all three rounds, and he still lost a split decision. So not the the quote robbery of the year. So AK Lee, if you're looking for a robbery review, that's a good one right there (laughs) for an upcoming series. Uh, I don't know if I necessarily agree with the the odds based on what we know about anthony smith i just think they're basing it off of his last performance where it was so one-sided where Glover to share is literally apologizing in the middle of the fight for beating up anthony smith his teeth are falling out there's all that controversy of his corner, should his corner have thrown in the towel or not so we all know anthony smith is one of the gamest fighters in the division or in the whole ufc he's, he's never one uh, to go out there and just get and, and just get demolished uh, and looks like he doesn't belong so I think the odds makers are just basically on a as in Ratchet most likely won his last fight before that he basically decapitated Jimmy Manwa and sent him into retirement. Anthony Smith has then had uh what the John Jones uh lackluster loss. Just tears through Alexander gustin and then gets beat the soul beating out of him. But I love to share. So there's there's it's a lot of up and down with Andy Smith. Rather than Ratchick has looked great and then he he should have got the he should have gotten the decision against Volkanos. I actually scored for Ratchick too. So I don't agree with the deci- with the odds, but I get it. I understand where they're coming from. And Ratchick, like I said is just uber violent like when he wins he's either just dominating the decision or he's putting it asleep i even think he had a submission win somewhere in there like that jimmy manua knockout was terrifying if i'm not mistaken that was jimmy manua's last fight like he got sent off uh into retirement after that and when Carroll was here he was interviewing ratchet and jimmy manua and he kept saying like people in the uk and europe this is the fight they have circled on that card i think that was the sweden card 2000 same card as uh anthony smith Augustuson, if i remember correctly for people in the Europe, they circled Manu or Ratchik for a violent finish, and my God, did Ratchik deliver! So uh, I, I'm 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 curious how he bounces back after a loss, like because like you said, it, it's been so long, and I think we're seeing fighters like Sugar Sean get his first loss and we see how he uh, reacts, but then you see the the flip side, Darren Till gets his first loss and see how he reacts. So I'm very curious how a young up-and-coming hungry prospect in the light heavyweight division recovers from not just a loss a controversial loss
1: it's kind of like marlon vera heading into the o'malley fight because yes. most people thought he beat song Yadong, yeah and that's, he even that's had a very a good that's a
2: that's an that's an amazing comparison yeah you're not wrong
1: yeah and marlon even told me like heading in that fight he's like in my mind i won seven in a row mm-hmm. like i'm going into this fight on a seven fight winning streak so Rackage seems to sort of have that same mentality but you know, AK, we talked about the fact that, that Jones vacated the title. Things are opening up at 2.05 a little bit. Based on the UFC rankings as they stand right now, and we you know, we don't like to fantasy match before these fights happen, but it's it's kind of interesting. We have the top four guys booked for future fights. Of course, we have the title fight. And then we have Anthony Smith sitting at number five. Are the stakes for this fight earning a fight with, with the one Yuri Prahashka who sits at number six? I feel like there's no other thing Man. to do there.
0: This Yuri for Mania really took over. Maybe, maybe I didn't watch enough of him before the UFC. i certainly saw, I guess, like maybe a couple of his fights, but I know, uh, I know our staff is super, super high on Yuri, and, and that performance against uh, Volkan did nothing to change that. If anything, again, for for someone like me who didn't know him as well, that was a real eye opener. I was like, oh, okay, I get it now. I get why why people are saying this. Um, yeah, I think that would be uh, that makes a lot of sense for whoever wins this fight to uh, to face Yuri. But like I said, the way that the rankings are now and the way th- how quickly things change, I mean, just just winning this fight it really does kind of put you on a short list uh, to pretend, maybe more so for Rakic than Anthony Smith, but it would put it on a short list for, you know, again, people fall out uh, negotiations uh, go screwy. Uh, so while we can say, it, you know, there, maybe they're one fight away. They need to beat a year for or maybe two fights away. beat Yuri, beat someone else, be another like kind of a contender. One of the guys who falls out from one of the, you know, that's at the top four, top five of the rankings. Uh, I could also just see, honestly, if Rakic won and played his cards, right. And if certain things fell his way, I could just see him getting a title shot against, like, uh, again, whether it be Dominic Reyes or or uh, or Jan Blachowicz, Jan Blachowicz, right? Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think huge, huge, huge stakes on the line uh, on uh, on Saturday. Uh, not just not just staying in the contender thing, but man, again, you just gotta stand that short list for a title shot. Should something happen,
1: Jose, who do you like here? Who's uh, the official pick?
0: <sighs> man, um,
2: wow you're putting me like i literally am making my mind up right now i'm gonna <laughs> give the i'm gonna give the slight edge to anthony smith i think we've seen in the past like he's he's had his his two his his last bad performance was against john jones and then he looked unbelievable against alexander gustin and just tore through him uh, and then after that he had one of the the more lot sided losses of his career uh to glove to share so just based on history alone i'm gonna go with that because again that vulcan ozdemir fight We can talk about how uh, Ratchik is this uber-killer and this awesome striker and knockout artist and future of the division. But he got the L, and it wasn't the greatest fight. It was not. Like, it it was a classic Vulcan-Ozdemir fight where it just looked ugly, similar to the Dominic Reyes-Vulcan-Ozdemir fight. Uh, But then you see what Anthony Smith did to Vulcan-Ozdemir, and I thought that fight was a lot of fun, and Anthony Smith pulled it out. So I'm going to give the the very slight edge to Anthony Smith, but if this was five rounds— i would really favor anthony smith but the three rounds makes it that much closer but i say that with no confidence whatsoever because if Alexander ratchett goes out there (laughs) just throws that haymaker of a high kick and just decapitates anthony smith i wouldn't be surprised either so three rounds it's a lot closer to 50 50 for me but i give the slight edge to anthony smith i just think he's the more complete martial artist especially on the ground we haven't really seen Alexander enter on the ground anthony smith's out here competing in quintet on uh in december uh representing the like the ufc if i'm not mistaken and uh he himself i think is a black belt and our Laura sanko sings his praises a lot f- for his ground game so clear clear edge to anthony smith on the ground uh striking i think it's ratchet might be more violent alexander uh i mean anthony smith might be more what's the word experienced as dean as dean thomas says it's not who's the better fighter it's who makes the least mistakes and if they do make mistakes, who capitalize it on the most? And I think that's where Anthony Smith pulls it out.
1: AK, a little a little preview of the prediction article tomorrow. What do we got here?
0: I think I'm gonna regret this uh, because I, I'm picking Rakic. Uh, I regret it. I say that because Anthony Smith is is a good dude. He's a friend of the media. He's certainly a friend of this site. He was he was definitely someone who you know made for a fine. Uh, a side live chat guest right. uh, during that during that kind of difficult time uh, post COVID we were just we were just do- you were doing A sides like every friggin' day it seemed like uh, so we love Anthony Smith around here I do think youth will be served I do think uh, Alexander Rakic I don't know if he's that much younger I know I, Anthony Smith is one of those fighters I always view as old he's certainly old in fight years he's only thirty two it's not like you know right. he's not a he's not a geezer by any means um, but I do think Rakic. I am leaning towards the younger fighter. I'm very impressed by everything I've seen from him so far. Again, the Uzdimir fight, a little clunky, but, but a good challenge for him, and the kind of fight that usually elevates uh someone like in Rocket's position. So I I am betting that it, it, it's it that that uh, that tough loss actually scar you know rockets him forward as opposed to you know uh messing with his progression. I think it is only a good thing. Um so yeah, I'm going Rockets. I think Rockets getting the finish. I actually forgot that the fight was uh was only uh three rounds. This was uh, this was supposed to be the Holm Aldana card? No, I believe this was going to be Zabit a beat yeah yeah. Really? The Holm Aldana was the Shabazzian and Brunson card. Oh, my gosh. I can't, I can't keep track of these things. Uh, but, yeah, three-round fight, five-round fight for me, I, it didn't it doesn't even make a difference. I think this is ending within the first two rounds, and I think it will be a, a rocket not go win.
1: I, I, I actually agree with Jose here. I think the fact that it is three rounds does Anthony Smith a favor if we're basing it off his last fight. And it's weird for me to say that because the last fight ended sort of brutally for Anthony Smith. But a lot of people forget, like, it was kind of a tale of two fights. Like, the first two rounds, Anthony Smith looked pretty damn good. He did. He just yeah. kind of got tired. He threw a lot of volume and he just ran out of gas and Glover just here took over. But Anthony Smith, like he's such a dog and he has shown that, you know, even if he gets beat up for two rounds, he has that just weird mindset, just battle through it and get these out of nowhere finishes. Like he's done a little bit of everything to get these wins. There's obviously a lot of questions here because that last fight, it's not like it happened like a year ago. It happened three months ago when he fought Glover Teixeira. He took a beating in the last 10 minutes plus of that fight. He's fighting he before
2: does... Glover Teixeira now.
1: I know, <laughs> which is crazy. Because that, that fight got booked like... It was like like the end of June, this fight got booked. So like a yeah. month and a half after Anthony Smith lost, lost to Glover Teixeira. This fight was booked, which well, was just wild to a lot of people.
2: It's the same thing like when he lost to John Jones. They booked that Gustafson fight real quick for Sweden. He just said he anthony smith was like i should take a vacation but i just need to get in there and just punch someone so uh based on history alone i have to give the slight edge to anthony smith
1: yeah and i'm with you i'm leading with smith because of the experience i think the early volume if he does that again i think that puts him in a good spot maybe wins the first two rounds the ability to take punishment is is in his favor clearly so Eileen Smith here. I see him winning the first two rounds. I see Rackage making things really interesting in round three. But I think Smith has that durability to survive it. But Rackage is a killer. It wouldn't surprise me if we get that violent knockout from his side. But let's
2: also, let's also not forget that Anthony Smith is not coming off of beating up a home invader like the week before during this fight. So his, his, uh, his mind is probably a lot more focused on a fight rather than protecting his family and, and you know, fighting off an a, a assailant in his own home.
1: Yes, I wasn't laughing at this scenario. I was laughing sure. because that's just a wild thing. But right. So that's so that's a main event. Co-main event, we get the return of Robbie Lawler after about a year or so on the sidelines. He steps in on relatively short notice, replacing Jeff Neal. Not much. I mean, not, the short notice isn't as much compared to, like, a lot of these other guys in this COVID era. I mean, look at Austin Springer taking a fight on, like, two days notice. But takes on Neal Magny. Jose, Robbie Lawler is back, which is always a nice shot in the arm, but he's coming in, loser three straight and four out of five. His last appearance was that fight with Colby Covington in Newark where he just got out-volumed and outpaced for 25 minutes, and it was a pretty lopsided win for Colby. Neil Magny, very similar guy. He's got a great gas tank, throws a lot of volume, mixes things up a lot what are your thoughts on this welterweight co-main event tomorrow night
2: it's i am super curious to see what kind of robbie lawler we get because i really think the last version like the last terrifying version of robbie lawler we got and by no i'm not saying like by any means robbie lawler is still a terrifying individual but that fight against carlo Con, carlos Condon, neither man has really been the same since after that image of them leaning against the octagon but like after that who's he beat cowboy serrano in a fight that i think did not live up to the hype. UFC 214, and then like what? His knee exploded against RDA. So then he fought RDA f- for four rounds on one leg, and then the Askren fight. Let's let's say for what it is. Controversial ending. He wasn't out. Uh, who knows what would have happened uh, if Herb Dean didn't step in there? And then he lost fair and square uh, to Colby Covington, who is one of the uh, most elite welterweights in the world, regardless of what you think of his personality and his opinion. So I'm. I think Neil Magny is amazing. I think he's one of the more exciting fighters on the roster, and I think he's really overlooked on fighters that he's never in a boring fight. Win or lose, it's always an exciting fight. So to me, but the tale of this is what version of Robbie Lawler we're going to get because I didn't expect when when we lost Neil on Neil... I didn't know who was going to take his place. Robbie Lawler was not even remotely a possibility in my n- mind. I was like matchmaking uh, Neil Magny with a whole lot of other fighters not named Robbie Lawler because I thought Robbie Lawler might get that veteran, that veteran's tour where he gets all those super fights and stuff. But Robbie Lawler is down to fight anyone. He hates doing interviews. I think maybe that played a factor into like, hey, if I take this fight on short notice, I don't have to do a lot of media. So maybe that's the case. But three rounds definitely favors Robbie Lawler because he comes in like a, bat out, like a bat, bat out of hell every single fight. Neil Magny probably has one of, if not the best, cardio in the division. He's super long and rangy. Robbie Lawler's – we're talking about Anthony Smith being this, this this long, tenured veteran. It's To me, it's hard to decide who's had the more crazy career between Robbie Lawler and <laughs> – anthony smith like one two right there like make movies about both of them robbie lawler of course was former champion of welterweight so i don't know what to expect because robbie lawler has been such a wild card lately we know what we're gonna get from neil magny i have no idea what we're gonna get from robbie lawler
1: what do you think ak and by the way just to to touch on jose's point with the media robbie lawler the virtual media day was just fantastic just lean back all you saw was like his nose up because he was just so relaxed back there but thoughts on the fight ak
0: Mike, you know, I'm the prince of positivity, normally, but i I think we may have seen the best of Robbie Lawler uh, in Cage. It's It's such a terrible thing to say. And so again, for for you know, we always say fans and media should never be the ones to say uh, when a fighter should retire. so i'm I'm definitely not saying that. but I do think um we may have seen we may have seen his best days. Uh, I was very excited when he was announced as a replacement. It was the only thing that could that could console me uh, after we lost after we lost Neil on Neil. Uh, but like Jose said, out of nowhere, here comes Robbie Lawler, and you're kind of like, maybe I, I maybe I kind of want to see this matchup more, uh, just because again, Robbie just has put on such great, great fights throughout his career, um, and it does seem really like a really good matchup on paper. But I think the formula is there uh, of how to beat Lawler at this stage of his career. Again, like you mentioned, volume, and that Magny's just the master of volume, and there was a lot of that in the RDA fight. There's a lot of that in the Colby Covington fight, and I just don't know if Lawler can keep that pace anymore. Uh, at Magny, I think is just really peaking at the right time he's, he's such a I think an underappreciated talent he's been in the ranking uh, either just outside the top 10 or in the top 10 of the rankings for a while um, I'm not sure what it is maybe because he doesn't talk a lot of trash or uh, he hasn't quite been able to string together that dominant streak that's like winning two losing one winning two losing one which doesn't always you know it doesn't stick in the fans minds this is a huge 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 signature fight for him um, I don't know he didn't get a lot of credit for the Carlos Condon win but I mean look if he beats Lawler he'll have Hendricks on there Carlos Condit, Robbie Lawler, uh, in addition to again beating fellow up-and-comers who like who, who are in the same range as him, uh, Anthony Rocco Martin, uh, Li Jing Liang. So his his resume is so complete. You know, um, I didn't even mention again he's got some of UFC wins. Some of the, some of the guys he's beaten just that. That's just the guys he's beaten in, in years recent years prior. Hector Lombard. Um, so I, I like his chances so much. Uh, and I don't want to take anything away from his win if, uh, you know, if he does dominate Lawler. But I do think that uh, may- maybe the Robbie Lawler that, we, that we've that we grown to love for so long, uh, that Lawler may be gone.
1: Can Robbie Lawler turn back the clock, Jose? Can you play spoiler
2: here or are you favor Neil here? I, I, I mean, I have to favor Neil Magny. This is his third fight in 2020. He's by far one of the most, like when he's... When he's healthy and he doesn't have these weird USADA situations that are keeping out for so long, he'll fight like every other month. Like, I believe he has, he's tied with the record. I can't remember who. Might even might even be Cowboy. No, it's uh, Roger Huerta. He has like five wins in like one calendar year. That was like back in 2014, 2015. and then like after that, it's just win, 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 lost, win, win. Like like AK said, like he fights so often, but when he strings together wins, he always falters, and he falters like pretty pretty spectacularly, like getting TKOed by Lorenz Larkin, uh, tapped by Maya, and then I think he and then he got KO'd bad by Santiago Ponzinibbio, a win over Robbie Lawler. Like I didn't, even, I wasn't even thinking about it until AK said it. Like that's a win over Lawler. It's one over Condit. It's one over Hendricks, Lombard. Like. We've had preview shows in the past where we're talking about Charles Oliveira like all of a sudden coming out of nowhere and being a possible future UFC Hall of Famer and racking up all these wins. Neil Magny is like in that same boat. Like he'll, he's fallen the best of the best at Welterweight. Uh, he's looked unbelievable. Robbie Lawler is such a wild card. So I just, in my mind, I have to pick the consistent fighter right now, and that is Neil Magny to go 3 0 in 2020. Plus, that Lee Jing Leong match fight. Was like a perfect game. That was the equivalent of a perfect game in baseball. Like that. <laughs> like when, when, when the Leeds tried to run away and Neil Magny just did like a wrap around like hook to the face and that like it, he punched like the front of Lee Jin Leong's face from behind him. Like it was such an impressive uh, display of skill. Uh, and then the Anthony Rocco Martin fight was, was very competitive. I just think AK said it best Neil Magni's peaking at the best time of his career right now. I favor Neil Magni.
1: Yeah, that's why, in a weird way, that the Rocco Martin fight is what makes Robbie a little more live here because Mm -hmm. that was such a hard-fought battle. That was a war between those two guys, Mm -hmm. and you know, a lot of people actually scored that fight for Rocco Martin. So, you know, how could he bounce back so quickly after a war like that against a really fresh guy like Robbie Lawler, who hasn't competed in over a year? That makes things a little interesting. I am leaning towards Neil Magny, but I am excited to to see what Robbie Lawler can bring to the table tomorrow night. We did a. we did have a couple of hiccups on the scale earlier. Hannah Ciphers, the most active fighter to this point in 2020, about to make her fourth appearance of the year. She misses weight. She forfeits 20% of her purse to Mallory Martin. Newcomer Austin Springer also missed, which is understandable since he got this fight like two days ago. He forfeits 30% of his purse to Alex Caceres, who deserves it since he's had three different opponents this week. Main card rounds out with G. Yin Yin. Yeon Kim, excuse me, Gian Kim welcoming Alexa Grasso to 125. And then we got Ricardo Lamas versus Bill Algio with, Sari a.k., Ryan Hall, and, of course, Magomed Ankalaev taking on Ian Kutalaba in the rematch from that friggin' wild first fight they had. Everyone has that fight circled as fireworks. But, Jose, under the radar time, what fight, as you say so eloquently, rules in your mind that not a lot of people are talking about?
2: Man, well, it was Alistair versus Giga Chakese. That fight was... I was like, just inject that fight into my veins. And then when Giga Chakese fell out, I was like, why? And then Ryan Hall fell out. And then we lost the airs of i I'm like, just cancel the whole card. Cancel baseball, cancel this card.
0: <laughs> um,
2: I'm going to stick with my my usual, like my usual narrative, where I'm not circling like fights, I'm circling fighters, and I want to see specifically, like, I want to see how Alexa Grossa looks at 125. Her fight against uh, Carla Barza in Mexico City was amazing. I think that's really an overlooked fight for, like, one of the better fights in, in women's history. I think that was such a fun fight. Uh, she came up short. Uh, she's never in, like, that fight against Karolina Kovalkevich in uh, Chicago that I was at, that fight was just, they just punched the soul out of each other for 15 minutes. That fight was absolutely, like, the last 45 seconds of that fight was just violence at 115 caceres i'm obviously excited on Poliana viana versus emily whitmeyer's fun emily Whit- Whit- whitmeyer has a chip on her shoulder 24 7 like she's just always trying to prove doubters wrong Poliana viana i think a lot of people expected big things from her uh she hasn't quite lived up to that uh this also a rebooking if i'm not mistaken i think emily whitmeyer fell out of their fight in march uh or february or something after uh weight cut struggles Hannah Ciphers unfortunately, Miss Waite. She's one of my favorite fighters to interview, so probably those those, those fighters that I've named. Uh, Alexa Grasso at the top of my list, though, uh, a Mexican fighter uh, that needs to prove a lot of naysayers wrong. So, yeah, th- those are all the names I have circled.
1: AK with Ryan Hall out of the equation. Why do what you got to keep uh... saying it? <laughs> What's Why your you pick? What's your under the radar pick?
0: Well, by the way, First of all, respect respect Bill Algio, who uh, who's a really solid talent. Uh, if you'll remember his name, as I, I just recalled it before we started doing the show, uh, he was the other half of the controversial Brendan Lochneen uh, contender series fight. He was on the losing end. It was a it was I remember mean, it was a really good fight. It was an amazing. Uh, I remember fight. I remember going into that fight thinking this could be one of those fights where both guys to decision and both guys get a contract. Somehow neither of them got a contract. So, so. did Paul Felder and Brandon
2: Fitzgerald <laughs> right? when I interviewed at the right? beginning. They say I don't care who wins; they're both getting contracts.
0: Yeah, and somehow neither did. So that was kind of messed up. So it's good to see Algio finally getting a shot. I know under uh, difficult circumstances, um, but I will say, hey, he has a chance against. Lama. We've had some newcomers this year. Uh, surprise! I, I keep thinking about like Daniel Rodriguez and Tim Means, uh, Miguel Baeza, and Matt Brown. So these veterans like Lamas, they're not safe. I mean, Lamas is probably a little bit higher on the on the contender charts than the other two names I just mentioned. The other two veterans, but uh, I don't know. I'm, I wouldn't. I wouldn't pick. You know, I wouldn't pick against him. But if Algio snuck out a win somehow, that that somehow wouldn't shock me either. But Uh, two fights on the prelims that I'm super excited about. I think Maki Patolo and uh, Impa Kasangane is just going to be... Uh, just again one of those fights either crazy brawl or a highlight real knockout for somebody uh i don't know hopefully i'm not disappointed hopefully it's not two guys with power that are kind of you know they're kind of shaky uh and uh, too wary of each other's uh power but i don't think that's the case mackie patel strikes me as a legitimate psychopath so i expect him to push the action and uh either get a knockout or get knocked out himself and shrug his shoulders either way uh but the other one uh that i'm really looking out for i really like the sean brady uh christian aguilera matchup Mm -hmm. uh Aguilera was was I was less sure of how his skills would translate into the OC. I knew he'd be an exciting fighter, so it was great to see him uh, get that win, get an exciting win, in his first fight. Um, because he has some, um, he has so many good highlights on the regional scene. Uh, but I think Sean Brady is also a very, very legitimate like future contender. He's 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 just he looks the part. He's got a well-rounded game. He's got that you know he he idolizes GSP, which you know for Canadian is always something you want to hear. Uh, he's trained with you know he's got the Eddie Alvarez affiliation, so. Uh, that uh, so those two fights on the prelims, Patolo Kisangane and uh, Brady Aguilera, really really excited. But top to bottom, this is really like a really sneaky compelling card. Like I don't know if there's any fight where I'm not like, not like at least a little bit intrigued.
1: Yeah, I, I I think Brady Aguilera is kind of the easy runaway pick here. I mean it's the and it's the first freaking fight of the night, which is a great table setter for the rest of the card. I do agree with Jose. I do have my eye on emily Whitmire versus Pollyanna Viana because. Both ladies looking to get back on track. Both have shown their abilities in their careers to finish fights very quickly. Viana, as, as Jose alluded to, has had a very bumpy road losing her last three, so her back is against the wall big time here, and Whitmire just ran into the Amanda Hibas buzzsaw in her last fight, so... That one has the makings to be really, really exciting. So I'm going to go with that as my under-the-radar pick. But I am also looking forward to, as AK said, seeing the Octagon debut of Impa Kasang and I, who just won a contract on the Contender Series like two weeks ago, making a quick turnaround against Maki who's, which I'm interested in seeing because Maki's going to try to bring that dog out of Impa, which we haven't really seen yet. So that should be a lot of fun as well. So, Jose, final thoughts heading into tomorrow night's festivities.
2: It's uh, it's not the great like AK said. It's not the best card, but there are a lot of sneaky fights uh that that are compelling, have compelling storylines that are important, not for title contend contendership, but like people's careers. Because <laughs> like I think there's a lot of losers on this card that might not be in the UFC in a couple of months. But uh, last week wasn't the most stacked card, and ended up being just fine. And this fight isn't this fight card isn't the most stacked, and it could very well just be one of those fight cards that we talk about like for for the next. A lot of the next couple of weeks, uh, especially with this, the light heavyweight uh, main event and all these light heavyweight fights coming up. But nonetheless, tune in. I'm sure we're going to go to Fight Island in like a month. So uh, take these U.S. based time zone fights when you can.
1: Yes, A.K. the Prince of Positivity, preach, my man. The Prince of Positivity is hoping for a little bit of weirdness. I'm
0: I'm hoping there's some weirdness. I think one of the fights we didn't mention, uh, Alessio DiCirico and uh, Zach Cummings, classic middleweight encounter. Uh, Hopefully something bizarre happens there. But more so, uh, the first fight of the main card, uh, the Magomed -Uh, Ankalaev-Yuan Kutalaba rematch. I was on a I was on a Sure Dog show recently, and I and one of the kind of questions I was just thrown out there was I think it was on Sure Dog I don't think or maybe it was between the links I don't remember I blocked up the between the, the between the links beatings I've taken so if this happened on between the links I apologize <laughs> those are traumatic and I've talked to my psychologist and he told me just not to think about it, uh, but some, there, so the question was raised of is Ankalaya of Kuchalaba this rematch is it like more comp what is it more compelling uh then the the Cormier uh Miocic trilogy about somehow it was if anyone forgets it was supposed to be on that card and then uh what well, did test positive for COVID-19 it was pushed back um so obviously I said no but I understand like uh, people kind of it's a grudge match after the way their last fight ended with the kind of the the was he actually rocked was he faking it uh, you know so I guess people are expecting that to to add to culminate in some sort of bizarre heated fight on uh saturday and i'm all for it i think it's certainly possible that we see more weirdness and uh if so bring it on i'm very very excited for it
1: I just want to see what Kutilaba does when he gets into the octagon. Like if Ankalaev comes out first and he stands there and Kutalaba comes in, will he get in his face like he did the last time? I still I mean I've never seen anything like that in the UFC before. So I'm he, I'm really looking forward to to see how part He did, two he did plays a weird out. thing
0: at the faceoffs today to at the yeah. uh, Friday's faceoffs. He he was trying to like look taller
1: than than
0: Ankalaev. <laughs> it, it was weird. He was like kind of pushing like I I'm, I'm taller than you and I'm like, "Okay, that's an interesting." mind game thing to do but yeah that was like the most eventful thing that happened at at the Friday's face-offs
1: watch that fight just be a bunch of takedowns and there'll be like 12 total strikes thrown through 15 minutes could Could be. be you never know but listen as we learned last week never ever judge a book or its card solely by its cover because last weekend was outrageous and this one has all the pieces, all the recipe to be as well. So stick with us on MMAfighting.com to enjoy the hostilities and the fisticuffs as we wrap up another preview show here on the site. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. For Jose Young's, for the Prince of Positivity himself, Alex Kaylee. I am Mike Heck. We will see you tomorrow night.